0: Hello, hello, hello! I am your Betty White, hostess with the mostess, Michael Munoz, and welcome to In YO Mouth. In YO Mouth. I'm the queen of food, who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good. Show oh, you how to. Oh touch. God, that's good. I wanna know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Your Mouth. I got the goosebumps. <laughs> Hey there, and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the most is Munoz, and happy birthday to me, to me, happy birthday to me, to me, happy birthday, happy... I don't know if I'm allowed to sing that, actually. There's, like, some copyright stuff, isn't there? I don't know, but today is my birthday. It is. And usually in the past, I have put a placeholder episode in there. But this year, I felt like I wanted to start the year off right and going and honor honor the one and only Miss Betty White at the same time because her birthday, she was just a few days or a few weeks shy of her 100th birthday when she left us and took 2021 20, with her, and if you don't know, and you probably should, your girl Munoz is a huge, huge, huge Golden Girls fan. So much so that me and my best gal pal John the other night spent a good 40 minutes looking up uh, random Golden Girls characters that were still alive, like Daisy and... um, Michael's Bornack and whom else? Um Lucy, Blanche's niece, like just <laughs> This is what happens when you're old, especially like you know, an old homosexual like myself. this is what you do to pass the time and have a good time. Um You know, in honoring the one and only Miss Betty White. But I want to get to the getting on and in the grand tradition of in your mouth. On this, the day of my emergence from the womb, I need to wish you all out there. Happy National Whipped Cream Day. Yes, whipped cream. Have you all discovered coconut whipped cream? And shout out to you, Jennifer, because I know you're listening. My, My good girl, Jennifer, out there. But um, she introduced me to coconut whipped cream, and I think they only sell it at Trader Joe's or maybe Whole Foods or someplace like that. And it is what the scrumptious, right? And it won't give you, it won't send you running to the bathroom like whipped cream does to me. But um, coconut whipped cream, everything, whipped cream, delicious. I probably should have looked up where whipped cream came from or why we decided whipped cream was the thing, or who invented whipped cream, or who stumbled upon it. But you know what? It's my birthday, and I don't care. I just wish that there was some hot-ass man ready with some cans of coconut whipped cream and some rubber sheets up in this apartment ready (laughs) to party. So no matter what you celebrate out there, today we're celebrating what My birthday and National Whipped Cream Day. And moving right along to this day in gay history, January 5, Capricorn season. Yes, did you all know that in 1967, in response to raids early on New Year's Day, P-R-I-D-E, Pride personal rights in defense and education stages demonstrations at Silver Lake's Black Cat Tavern. It's the first use of the term pride to become associated with LGBT rights. Yes, I love that. And you know, you know, she's a big fan of pride, whether it's here or in the Canaries or wherever we celebrate pride in the world, you know? I love that. 1967, right before the Stonewall riots. And in 1974, the Brunswick Four, Adrian Potts, Pat Murphy, Sue Wells, and Heather Fire Elizabeth perform a song I Enjoy Being a Dyke, a parody of I Enjoy Being a Girl at Amateur Night at Toronto's Brunswick Tavern. The owner asks them to leave and the refusal and subsequent arrest spark a galvan a galvanization of the Canadian LGBT liberation movement. This event is sometimes referred to as the Canadian Stonewall. Shout out to all my Canadian listeners out there. I love these little tidbits. Hold on. Sip of the coffee. Mm. Starting, Starting the year out right with a little what? ASMR on this, the day of my emergence of the womb. mm mm-hmm. Mmm. Oh, my God. And shout out to non-sponsor Cuban Coffee Queen um, out in Key West, which is what I'm drinking these days. Absolutely delicious. The Queen's Flint. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Put some coffee in my tummy. (laughs) I thought it would be really great because I am solo on the pod today. Because let me tell you, nary a person is returning my emails via the holiday, and you know what? I don't blame them because Ish has been crazy as we, as we, as we dodge the Omicron, the Omni. The the COVID of it all. And for those of you out there who have managed to dodge it all and dodge the flu as well and dodge the cold and the strep throat that's going on out there, kudos to you. I don't know what bubble or what supplements y'all are taking out there, but kudos to you for staying healthy and, and you know, just avoiding it all because ish is crazy. Um yeah, but I thought it would just be really nice to go down memory lane and I I got to thinking about you know, we often talk about popular foods or TikTok trends and you know, I'm on the cusp of millennialism some people fight me and, and are like, oh my god, Michael, you're totally a millennium, but my work ethic and my penchant for making phone calls as opposed to texts and other things like that, uh, prove this not to be true. (laughs) And I was thinking about, like, popular foods of the 80s, because I was born in 1981. Yes, that makes me 41 on this day. 41 and fabulous with nary a wrinkle to be found, even though I've been eating way too much cheese the past couple weeks. So I'm having a little bit of a breakout, but I'm okay with it, because I enjoy cheese and a lactose pill. But I found these articles of like popular foods from the eighties, nineties, and early two thousands. And I wanted to go down memory lane. Remember, so uh, this is from eatthis.com, eighties nostalgia foods. And remember Sloppy Joe's? You know, that like sweet and savory meat? It was so good. And I'll never forget this really sent me down memory lane. I'll never forget, I grew up in Sunset Park, Brooklyn on 55th Street between 8th and 9th Avenue. It was like on the cusp of like Fort Hamilton, definitely like Sunset Park, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. If you're a New Yorker, shout out to all you Brooklynites out there. And uh, back then, it was it was very United Colors of Benetton. There was Everybody from every walk of life on our block, you know, every ethnicity, every culture. And it was just like this beautiful, like, representation of what New York is. And there were these twin girls that I used to be friends with. And I forget their name. I want to say one of their names was like Melissa. Anyways, that's besides the point. I remember the first time I had a sloppy joe was at their house. Their mother fed me a Sloppy Joe. And I was like, what is this sweet and savory meat uh, deliciousness um, from a can? Yes, I just had a stutter. Too much coffee, not enough food. Um, And I don't know where uh, Sloppy Joe's came from. Does Does this Sloppy Joe's reference have... You know, the origin is somewhat unknown, but legend has it that the current iteration evolved from an Iowa man's original sandwich, enticingly called a loose meat sandwich. I feel like this goes back to, goes back to ethnic folk or indigenous folk somehow. Um, I... Loose meat, honey. Um, I love a sloppy Joe, and maybe, maybe do we need to bring sloppy joes back into the forefront of our minds? Mmm, chicken Kiev. I remember chicken Kiev. You know, chicken Kiev uh, has Ukrainian-Russian origins, and the dish consists of pounded chicken breasts that are rolled and stuffed with herb butter, then breaded and fried oh, delicious, if I do say so myself. And this little article just reminded me that I've been falling down a hole of the Real Housewives of Miami just because, you know, you all know, and if you don't know, you should, that I love some nonsensical television because, you know, my life is full of a lot of social media and, like, I do a lot of, like, various things in my life that require a lot of attention so the tv i really enjoy watching is tv i don't really have to commit to or i can like make dinner or if i have to go to the bathroom i'm not i'm not really pressed on oh my god i missed that because you know these soap opera like nonsensical television moments you know the the issues come up again it's not a big deal if you meet it if you miss something and this this article from Eat This, Not That just said pounded chicken breasts. And in season three of Housewives of Miami, there's this big storyline about how a lot of the husbands aren't putting out, like, lots of people having sexual problems out there. <laughs> and one of the girls goes, sometimes I want to be pounded out like a chicken breast, too. <laughs> Is that the new motto of 2021? Just getting pounded out? <laughs> chicken breasts. I wish that for all of you. Attainable goals. Attainable goals. You know, just be safe out there. Just be safe and consent is always sexy. Seven-layer dip was popular in the 80s, but I don't think my Puerto Rican hairy ass ever had a seven-layer dip till I got till I graduated college. I feel like all my musical theater friends from the early two thousands. Anytime we got together, um, brought the brought the seven layer dip. It was very it was very New Hampshire. I had a lot of New Hampshire and still do, uh, based or yeah, New Hampshire born and bred, uh, fra- musical theater friends that introduced me to seven layer dip, beef stroganoff. I did not have till college. But um, beef stroganoff kind of sounds delicious. It's freezing here in New York, and ooh, yeah, mm, I want to make like vegan beef stroganoff because like that cream mushroom mmm mmm mm, mmm mm. <laughs> beef stroganoff salmon Riette. I wasn't introduced to till I had a very long career in catering, but you know. Who doesn't love a good canapé slash hors d'oeuvre? You know, that's what was very popular, I'm finding, in the 80s, too. Hors d'oeuvres, like these mini things. Salmon riette riette or volavant. Mmm. Those little, like, tower puff pastries that, like, had a hole in it that you filled with, like, delicious things. Mmm. 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 You know what? It is diet season. And once again, uh, for those of you who have, who like commit to a resolution, kudos to you. I try to commit to attainable goals here. And one of the attainable goals was actually putting out a first episode this year. Chicken franchise. (laughs) I'm all over the place. Was putting out a, you know, um, a first episode this year, and that's what I wanted to do. Moving on to chicken franchise. Mmm, chicken franchise, like a lemon butter, like fried chicken, like over pasta. Delicious. Like i I'm more of a piccata girl myself. Chicken blackened redfish, never never heard of, but sounds delicious. Veal tonado, never heard of. And I know veal is controversial, but I grew up eating a lot. Well, not a lot of veal, but it was um a luxury that sometimes my mother would have, would buy us uh, like veal cutlets. Speaking of getting pounded out like a chicken (laughs) breast. Speaking of being all over the place, delicious dirt cake was really popular in the 80s. Remember dirt? Like you'd have the gummy worms and like the Oreo crumbs on top. Plum torte. My mother was not making plum torts. Hot buttered Cheerios. Sounds delicious. You throw them in the oven with butter. Delicious. I never had them, but delicious. And you sprinkle with salt at the end. Oh my god. Yes, kudos to the 80s, because the 80s were the year that, bo- that I was born, for sure. Moving right along to the 90s. 13 foods. Also from Eat This Not At, that were all their age in the 90s. Listen, I was a Paula Abdul girl, a Madonna girl, a Janet Jackson girl, a Saved by the Bell girl, a Dawson's Creek girl. Yeah, those were my things growing up that I really held on to I remember watching Dawson's Creek late night and just wishing as a young homosexual not out of the closet and not understanding what that meant just being like why isn't my life like this oh my god I, like where is my love Uh <laughs> it definitely was a uh, a tragic cry for help and I'm better now because of it but like yeah. Oh my god, the nineties, right? The late 80s into the early nineties, i.e. Golden Girls era. Oh my god, stuffed crust pizza. We never ate stuffed crust pizza. And I remember all the the Pizza Hut ads from stuffed crust p- for stuffed crust pizza. And that's all I ever wanted, but being from New York, that wasn't a thing. But and shout out to Michael Bragg, who was just on the podcast right before Christmas or the holiday. Um we had stuffed crust pizza the day he was here. Oh, my God. Mmm. Stuffed crust pizza. Sun-dried tomatoes. You know what's really funny about looking at these lists? And I'm talking really fast because ha- I'm realizing right now because I've had a lot of coffee. But some of these things that just emerged out of nowhere, like sun-dried tomatoes, and then all of a sudden everyone was using sun-dried tomatoes. And I wonder why that is. Like, where do these things... Cause I'm sure you know some nona in in Spain or in Italy, right? Put out su- and sun dry- Put out these tomatoes to dry in the sun. And sun dried tomatoes are century old and could probably come from the Egyptians or Africa or something like that. So, some we place re- real like you know deep in culture and full of indigenous folk, but like. Why all of a sudden, like, who rediscovered the sun-dried tomato to throw it into our olive garden dish or something like that? You know, like, that would be really cool to, like, figure out. Maybe I need to, to pick up the phone and call Michael Twitty and have a long conversation on the resurgence of foods, right? Because that's, I find that interesting. Don't you think, like, you're out there and you're like, oh, capers. Like, all of a sudden, I'm seeing capers everywhere why like why or or most recently we're seeing uh, espresso martinis everywhere and a friend of mine Jennifer again goes I didn't know you drank espresso martinis and I was thinking to myself me and my friend Richard had been drinking espresso martinis since pre-pandy dandy pre-pandemic and then all of a sudden the New York Times article came out about how espresso martinis are all the rage and now they're everywhere I don't I how does that happen how does that happen Focaccia was big. Speaking of focaccia, was huge. Made a resurgence in the '90s. Tuna mac and cheese. Mm. Mm. Now, Mama Gladys was never a casserole girl, but lady Mama. But I make like a uh, a stove kind of healthy like thing uh, called tuna noodles. That's kind of reminiscent of like. Came from the idea of tuna noodle casserole, but tuna mac and cheese, mmm, that's like a tuna melt in a dish. Sounds delicious. Apparently, tall food was really popular in the 90s, um, where chefs were trying to see how high to the sky they can make food, Um, like, you know, french fries in a cone or like um, huge multi layered chocolate cakes. Molten lava cake. Now, molten lava cake, I feel like will not die here. And although I do love a very good molten lava cake, and you can go very wrong with the molten lava cake, I feel like some restaurants that just throw molten lava cake on their menu because they think it's popular, I feel like that kind of, like, I don't know, takes it takes you down a notch. Like, puts a little sprinkle of, mm, is this restaurant really good? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Are you with me on this? Um... I don't know molten lava cake. I I am, uh, I'm, I'm feeling some sort of way about a molten lava cake. Hot pockets were very popular in and lean pockets. Remember lean pockets? Oh my goodness! Chinese chicken salad. Remember this Chinese chicken salad that's still kind of popular in the salad joints. Um, they come they come around and the salad the fast food salad joints push them these. Uh, days in very different ways, but it's the same thing. It's that like, that's Asian fusion salad that's not really Chinese, but they try to make it like essence of, you know, Asian, um, but still kind of delicious if made the right way. Um, yeah, remember that? Um, that is like the P.F. Chang effect. Barbecue chicken pizza, not for me. If it's for you, you can have it. Crab cakes, Doritos casserole, never heard of it, but I'm sure it's delicious. I remember I went to the first time I went to Barcelona, uh, I ordered something called ensalada Doritos, and I was like, oh, that sounds delicious. And I I know Spanish, and um, I I but I didn't realize what. I had read, right, because I I saw arugula and, you know, tomatoes confit and Parmesan. And out came a large bowl of Doritos sprinkled with, you know, eight leaves of arugula and some Parmesan, some balsamic and some tomatoes confit. And it was probably one of the most delicious things I've ever had in my life. And I'm still talking about it to this day because that was 2006. Oh, Barbie Barbie birthday cakes. Oh, will somebody send me a Barbie birthday cake? Listen, I am one of these Capricorns that celebrate my birthday all month, and I will be accepting Barbie birthday cakes. And I just saw friend to the pod, Dan Toro. Go follow him. Make a Barbie birthday cake. These are still kind of popular. Baked brie, never out of style. Never, ever out of style. Oh, my goodness. So many food trends so much going on I I love it I, I'm here for it and I love it and I love these food trends and before we cut out to the break I just want to say that December you all shattered my numbers and I am not a numbers queen but i try not to look at the numbers having been in this kind of blogging social media game for a while i'll check them but numbers in when you're on this side of thing can really drive you crazy and can really put you in a place of inauthenticity uh because all of a sudden you become this person driven by numbers and not by not by being your authentic self and all of you out there shattered my numbers in december i don't know what happened or if someone pushed me or more or you know one of the platforms really put me in the forefront but whatever happened i am so grateful for and there's so many more of you listening to me now than ever and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I need, I need you all out there, do me a favor and follow me on Instagram at in your Mouth Pod or my main if you already follow me at the Kitchen Gaily and write to me. Tell me what you want to see from me this year. Tell me if you think that there's something missing. Tell me something that you want more of. I love getting mail. I try I respond to everyone that writes me. Um, tell me things that you don't like. If you don't like something, to, I'm I'm here for constructive criticism. Criticism. I'm here for your nudes. I'm here for it all, as long as it's respectful and comes with good intent. Um, yeah, I want. This is the year of growth for the pod. I kind of I'm kind of trying to figure out how to move. It into a new space and take it to the next level. And I need to hear from you from here to the Netherlands, because I know you're listening now in the Netherlands, which is really, really crazy. And so with that, on this, the day of my birth, I think now is a great time to take you out to my favorite part and your favorite part of the podcast. A little something I like to call... Food News Update! Food News, honey! You ain't ready, girl! Spill the tea! News Update! Oyster farmers are slipping notes into shells to catch thieves. Oh my goodness, starting the year off with some fish snatchers. (laughs) It's where I wanna be. Not a fish snatcher. Uh, <laughs> I. I. Oh my god! So many things are coming into my head just by that that term, a fish snatcher. <laughs> Anyways, well that that was my term. But thank you to Food and Wine for starting my year out with you know the best. Of all possible food news, um, they are not a sponsor, though, as per usual. But maybe this year that'll be um, that'll be a thing. So apparently, uh, fish snatching or oyster thievery is a big thing, and you know is very very lucrative for the thieves. Um, about several years ago, thieves targeted oyster farmer Christophe Guiné. <laughs> stealing more than 6,000 pounds of the shellfish that he raised in Port Luquette on France's Mediterranean coast. Um, Yeah, instead of putting the police on notice, installing a new security system um, or implanting high-tech tracers in the oyster beds, Guineau decided to try an analog solution first. He typed up several notes and glued them inside empty oyster shells, writing that whoever found the scrap of paper had just won themselves their own weight in oysters. The note finder is also given a phone number to call in order to collect the non-existent prize. Obviously, if someone found the note, then they'd call and uh, Guineau would Asked them where they got the fish from, and if it wasn't reputable, then you know the police were called, and so on and so forth. But um, apparently, uh, this hasn't ha- this hasn't been happening since he started putting the notes in the shells. And also, apparently, um, this is this is huge business, folks. Huge, huge business. Um, elsewhere in the country. Three tons of oysters worth around $22,590 were stolen from a farm in Charente Maritime Region in the Charente Maritime Region last fall. Wow. Wow. Who knew? Who knew? Well, first we have meat robbers. And now, you know what I want to know, though? What goes through your mind? I want to know... That fine, I am I am in a situation Where I Either am A not so great person Or I'm in a situation That I really need money And so thievery Is the only way I can get it Right? Uh, not to say that that's right and, and The thing I'm going to steal Are oysters From an oyster bed so I have to like roll up to the ocean with my mechanisms to get these. Have you ever seen an oyster bed? Have you ever seen them like pull oysters out of like the, or I should say, put farm oysters. It's not like the nicest process and it's not easy. So I imagine to steal them is even less easy. I don't, You know, I know it's big business, but like if you're going to steal something, not that, and we here at In Your Mouth don't condone stealing anything. Like, why wouldn't you go for the jewels though? Or the bank? I mean, it's already hard. (laughs) I guess there's less chance of being caught. I don't know. It reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where uh, they're out in the Hamptons and Kramer goes for a walk and finds the lobster trap and then it comes out to be that he stole all these lobsters and the lobster trap, right? But he didn't do it on purpose. He just found a lobster trap. But um, yeah, not that that made it right. But <laughs> once again, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I guess I guess it's just really lucrative and and I guess harder to trace. You know, there are some oyster farmers out there who have bought... Fancy, like, laser engraving machines that engrave the shells. And so you know that, like, you're buying stolen oysters because they're engraved shell- Like, what? Who thinks of these things? Like, there are so many things out there that people are doing that I have no clue of. And and I, I guess i'm better off not know- <laughs> not knowing but if i'm ever on jeopardy i am full of useless knowledge thank you to food news update over the last almost 4 years folks we are now 7 episodes away from 4 years of in your mouth and speaking of jeopardy shout out to shout out to transgender winner Right? Major winner, Amy I forget her last name, who's been killing it In the game, uh, time After time, and is, you know, showing All those people, shout out to her I don't, I'm not here for Oyster, oyster thievery But what I am here for Is Amy Amy just, you know Killing it in the game, and showing it Out for transgender people And the community all over The world Betty White says, key to her diet is to avoid anything green. Oh, this article came out before she left us. Oh my goodness, poor Betty White. You know, you know what's uh, really funny and that I love because a lot of my friends know that I am a super fan of all fans is that I got a bunch of phone calls asking me if I was okay. And, you know, it's really, I think it's, Sometimes a little silly the way we idolize some of these celebrities that we don't know. But at the same time, these people have such an influence in our life. And a lot of these, well, at least the people I love, like are really like doing a lot of good out in the world or just are iconic in their own way for that. But I was, uh, the first thing I said was, yeah, I'm okay because although Betty was a queen, she wasn't like my ultimate queen. Somebody is going to have to pick me up off the floor if Liza Minnelli goes. But I love this article because they interviewed uh, Betty White, uh, you know, because she was supposed to turn 100 on January 17th. And when People Magazine asked her about her dietary regimen at 99 years old, she said, I try to avoid anything green, she joked. I think it's working. Oh, meanwhile, now all I'm doing is eating salads. Maybe I need the Betty White <laughs> Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Apparently Sandra Bullock told people once upon a time that um, she would. she hoped that Betty White would celebrate her birthday the same way she celebrated every day of her life with humor, kindness, and vodka on ice. Toasting to the fact that she's a badass who left a who has left us all in the dust. Apparently, Betty White loved her a sip of the vodka on the rocks. You know, in 2018, White told Parade that she had a love of vodka and hot dogs. You know what? Vodka and wieners. Um, I would be tequila and wieners, right? A woman after my own heart, (laughs) though. Probably in that order, she says. Uh, She told uh, an unnamed friend, not Sandra Bullock, told Closer Weekly that Betty loves to joke that vodka keeps her young. Oh, my God. If vodka keeps Betty White young, then tequila is going to make me live forever. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Her and Queen Elizabeth II, too, who turns 96 in April, uh, loves her a little sip of the sauce too. I just wanted to honor Betty White. You know, thank you for being a friend to Betty White. We are here for you. You left us, you know, 99 years. Could you imagine 99 years of a full career? I think she started working when she was 19. A full career of philanthropy and just making people laugh. I mean, I'm only approaching 4 years of the podcast. Imagine nine I'd have to be oh my god We'd never live. I'd have to freeze myself like Walt Disney. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm here for you, Betty White. Absolutely. And, you know, wherever you are up in the clouds or maybe a little to the left in the clouds, if you know, you know, um, we are here for you and we celebrate you on this podcast and on this, the day of my birth. And last but not least, diet soda could be on its way out. Yes, but not really, folks. And it's so funny. This article actually comes from thetakeout.com. I noticed this recently as well, maybe over the past, I don't know, six months or so, that a lot of the Coca-Cola cans are saying zero sugar and... I was like, wait a minute, what's the difference between Coke Zero Sugar and Coke Zero? And I looked at the back of the can, and I am not a diet soda drinker, nor have I ever been, or a diet anything drinker. But it's the same thing, the aspartame and the chemicals and, and whatnot. And I was like, oh, they're, they're rebranding and repackaging diet soda. And it's apparently because... Zennials and millennials, especially the Gen Zs The Gen Zers, though, aren't, aren't down with the diet You know? And I'm okay with it, but like, really? Coke Zero Sugar? As if, as if Gen Z isn't all about You know, reading the labels and non-chemicals Do we think this really is going to solve solve the problem? You know? I, I don't know. I don't know. Wasn't it proven a while ago? I think that was a food news update, or I read it somewhere, that diet soda doesn't even actually work. I don't know. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I mean, I don't know. I There are very few chemicals I put in my body. What about you all out there? Are you are, are we still drinking diet Snapple? Whatever happened to that Snapple lady? Remember her? Um, or, Or diet... Or diet soda, diet cola. There isn't a lot of cola in my life, except for I still have some of that, that Jones soda that they sent me, which is very delicious. But I've used it. I've been using it to like splash in my cocktails over the holidays. Um, and I've yet to try the Thanksgiving soda. I'm still a little afraid. Maybe I'll do it on air, so, uh, someplace with somebody. I, I feel like I need that moment. It needs to be. It needs to be a shareable moment. I should have brought it to my brother's house for uh christmas and we should have done it together um oh that's who should have been on today's podcast i wonder if he would have been good radio <laughs> shout out to you caesar munoz i obviously don't care about diet soda um but it's huge it's big business diet everything is just such big business here you know with the weight watchers but at least weight watchers at least in my life has worked you know, because they're still allowing you to eat normally. It's basically calorie counting, I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm just drinking the booze, the coffee, and the the water, the soda water. You know, my Soda Stream really gets more pumping action than than most of the OnlyFans workers out there. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. But with that, I think that's a great way to end food news update. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What a great episode this has been on this, the day of my birth. This podcast really sometimes, and you all probably need to know this out there. Sometimes it's a struggle. I will tell you this because it's a lot of work self-producing a podcast, right? Because it's not only finding guests, but it's promoting and it's recording and it's editing and it's it's a full-time job that I do not make a... I make pennies. When I tell you pennies from, absolute pennies. I still have yet to receive a check, but the pennies are there, I know. Um, but Every time I hit the record button and I really get going, it brings me so much joy. And that's why I wanted to do a birthday episode, a solo birthday episode this year. And I want to end with some some popular foods of the early 2000s. And this one comes from thekitchen.com, which I love. Bacon, I mean, bacon is always popular, but bacon really made... Uh, it's Mark in the early 2000s. People were doing maple bacon and people were throwing bacon in sweets. You saw bacon everywhere. If if you weren't eating bacon with everything, did you even live through the early 2000s? Cupcakes were huge, especially mini cupcakes, you know. Shout out to Baked by Melissa. That, that woman made so much money on these tiny cupcakes. <laughs> I mean, they're delicious. They're very delicious. Not a sponsor, but very delicious, but I mean they're so expensive for not even a quarter of the batter. I mean we're, we're ridiculous we are ridiculous as human beings. Fruit smoothies, What? Are happened to Jamba Juice. Does Jamba Juice still exist? I don't think there are any more in the city. They came and went, but they were huge. Watermelon and feta salad. I am still obsessed with a watermelon and feta salad, especially if it has like thin slivers of like something hot, like a jalapeno or serrano. Mmm. Mmm. And some like good olive oil on it. Yes. Sliders. Sliders. Yeah. Small things came in came in in the early 2000s and then like in the teens like 2010 to 12 to like maybe even 15, 16 we saw we saw a a resurgence not a resurgence, uh, a trend of things getting really small like tiny foods (laughs) I don't know why I had to have a tiny voice for tiny foods (laughs) brown butter pasta yep brown butter was huge everybody was making everything with brown butter Crème brûlée. Delicious. I feel like crème brûlée also was popular in the 70s and made a comeback. Cake pops. Why we needed them, I'll never know, but they were huge. I wasn't a huge fan of a cake pot. Giant hunks of meat, like the no carbs, the Atkins diet. Mm-hmm. I still love a giant hunk of meat. If somebody wants to send me a giant hunk of meat for my birthday, I will not be mad at you. <laughs> Roasted beets and goat cheese. Still a thing. Still a thing. And I hope it stays around because I love it. I absolutely love it. I am here for it. Yep. Mm, mm, mm. And those are like the top 10 kind of food moments of like the early 2000s. I'm sure there are more. You could write to me some of your favorites. I really want you to write to me. And I don't know how to make that happen. That's 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 an attainable goal for myself in this podcast. Getting more audience interaction from y'all um oh my goodness speaking of audience interaction spotify really kind of shoved it to us uh trying to be positive but like two days before christmas they were like oh now we're doing reviews on spotify and i know most of you all out there listen on your phones but I haven't figured out a way to rate and review on Spotify on my phone. But I know you can go on your computers and do it. So if you're listening from like a laptop or a tablet or something, look for it. Please rate and review. It really helps me. It really pushes me forward. And the pod is growing. I mean, right now I'm over 100 100- 20 some odd episodes solo and then there are those first 80 episodes which will soon slowly start to disappear i think just because the podcast has changed so much but you know those were good memories back then too you know but like i'm I'm really enjoying this vibe of the pod maybe i'll put them in a vault somewhere or behind a paid wall i don't know what i'm gonna do i don't know just ideas i'm throwing around but one of the one of the attainable goals of the year uh, is definitely getting to interact with more of you out there. Write to me. There's, I am easily findable on the internet. You can email me, uh, inyomouthnyc at gmail.com, at inyomouthpod on Instagram, on Twitter, um, at the kitchen thekitchengaily on Instagram and Twitter, my website, themunios.com. There's a million ways to write to me. Um, yeah, there's merch out there. I need to take that all down and revamp it. For you all as well. The merch is great. Shout out to Justin Quackenbush who did all of that merch for me last year for my 40th birthday. Um, Yeah, so much. I just really want to hear from you. I really want to hear from you. I want to know what you like, what your thoughts are. Just, yeah, send me notes. Send me love notes, you know. Spread the love this year. Right. Love yourself more this year. You know, we are th- three days into this week of the new year, and I really want to start this year on a positive note of love and like positive affirmations because there's so much death and despair at every which turn of the corner here. And and I think if we just keep good vibes going in our life and kind of put ourselves first in a loving way, that love will then create a domino effect and bring more love into our lives. And that's, and that's what I want to end this podcast on, on this, the day of my birth. Be kind to yourselves, be kind to your bodies, love yourself where you are, set attainable goals, you know, send me love notes and, you know, birthday notes and... With that, all I have to say is thank you for listening to In Your Mouth. Oh, oh. In Your I got mouth. The